Welcome to Emerging Temple Broadcast. Today is October 7, 2019. I am Michael Obey. I will be your guide for the rest of this program. At Emerging Temple, we strive to analyze current events within the context of God's plan for mankind, within which he has purposed to establish a government in which some of us shall be part of the governance team that he, shall put to, that he is putting together. Before we go any further, I want to encourage you once more to subscribe to our channel and also hit the like button at the bottom of your screen. And you might notice a bell icon or subscribe at the bottom of your screen. Click on that word subscribe so you can subscribe to our channel. And the advantage for you is that you'll get notifications every time we upload new videos, something we do Monday through Friday. I also want to encourage you to go to patreon.com, patreon.com, where you're able to support us by looking for our handle, Emerging Temple. You'll be able to support us so we can bring this broadcast out for you more consistently. Okay, today's topic is the Antichrist and his effects on modern marriages. Marriages have always had problems from the from the very first one that we know about, Adam and Eve. But the statistics for today are troubling with the knock-on negative effects upon children and society at large. And I thought, you know, I would try to talk about this topic having had some personal um, encounter uh, experience with this topic. And maybe I'll be able to help somebody out there. You know, Marriage is a relationship between two people. And in every relationship, there needs to be understanding and appreciation. Understanding of what is expected and appreciation of the limitations that each person has. Um, the best way to get understanding from my perspective is by the grace of God, where you by the grace of God, are able to understand a person and appreciate the person's weaknesses. And I thought I'd put together um, a few scriptures and a little of my understanding personally to help any person out there who is trying to understand um, something that you might personally be going through or people that you know are going through and what does exactly does the word say about it. The important thing I must say before I go any further is that the word of God is not a sledgehammer to be used on this person or that person. It is not there to justify us. It is there to guide us into the heart and the mind of God so that we can walk in harmony with him and with one another. And so I'm going to bring forth a few scriptures today and hopefully that'll be able to help you. But from the beginning, I want to say something about marriage from the perspective of God. Number one, it was instituted for God. In other words, there, there is a program. God has a program. And you and I have been invited to be participants in that program. We begin our broadcast by telling you that Emerging Temple understands that God has a plan that he intended from before the world, from before our time. And that that plan was to establish a government on earth in which some of us will be participants with him in the governance of the earth. So at this time, we need to be able to learn certain things about his way of thinking, 
his ideas about marriage, and his ideas about other things. But today we're going to concentrate on marital strife. And we're going to try to understand why the Antichrist is interested in this institution and what, how he's trying to bring it down. Now, before we go any further, I'm going to play, as I often do, a short video for you where you can see um, a couple and the man is representative of someone who is sold out for God, wants to go according to what God says, but the wife doesn't understand why things have to be done in that particular way. Aren't there other options? Isn't there some other philosophical way to go about it? Must they go about it in this particular way? But notice they, 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 they talk about a GPS. But why don't I let you watch it for yourself, okay? Let me let you watch it for yourself. Address, right? Yeah, babe, but I think this GPS thing is broken. Really? Why? What's it doing? It says there's only one way to our destination. Huh? This doesn't mean it's broke. What are you talking about? Just one way. That seems so narrow. Narrow? Who wants to follow directions when there's only there's only one way to get there? Okay, like, honestly, I'm not really too sure I, I get it. It's just, I just can't believe in a GPS like this. I'm going to throw this crap out the window. What? No, 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 stop. What, babe, what are you doing? Stop acting crazy. Seriously? Babe, what do you mean? Really? You're going to defend a GPS over your wife? Really? Seriously? I'm not defending the GPS. I'll just... Really? Then why don't you just go be with your GPS since you love it so much? Whoa, I don't... You want to marry the GPS? Marry the GPS. Go, marry the GPS. What? No, stop. I, ju I just don't understand why it bothers you so much that there's only one way to get there. Okay, look, we have two options. We can either follow the road to get there, or we can follow any other road and not get there. It's honestly that simple. Why on earth would that offend you? Because it's so narrow-minded. We should be able to take any road to get to our destination. I hate this GPS. I hate it. I hate it. The GPS is just trying to help us by telling us the truth. Here we go again. You know, just, just have the GPS do your laundry from now on. Seriously. It's just giving us a fact. It's not narrow. Facts aren't narrow. They're just facts. Yes, they are. Facts are narrow? Yes. Facts are close-minded, hateful bigots. But facts... Feelings don't care about your facts. But... This GPS shouldn't be telling me facts. Who does it think it is? If it cared about me, it would either not tell me facts or lie to me. Are you saying... Yes, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. This is so weird. <laughs> Hey, hey, babe, don't cry. <laughs> well, I guess we can go to the postmodern store and get a GPS that won't give us any facts, and that way it will let us drive around in circles forever until we run out of gas. Now the man has to compromise. Really? Of course, anything for you, babe. Aw, babe. Let's go. <laughs> How do we get there? Okay, let's look at what God says about the relationship between a man and a woman. 
God basically is saying that he made the woman for the man. But who did God make the man for? God made the man for himself. God has a vision, a purpose, a plan, an intent, and finds it necessary to have a man to accomplish this mission. So a woman helping a man isn't helping the man, she's helping God. So she needs to be equipped and trained to understand what her role is. So let's look at uh, it's 1 Corinthians chapter 11, and we'll see what it says here. It says, for the from verse 8, it says, For the man is not of the woman, but the woman of the man. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. i read verse 9 again. Neither was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. For this cause ought the woman to have power on her head, because of the messengers. Nevertheless, neither is the man without the woman, neither the woman without the man in the Lord. That means a woman is not indisposable. In this, um, um, a woman is not dispensable. She, she's, she's somebody who a man cannot achieve without, okay? Uh, she's a necessary component in the program of God. And man cannot move and achieve what God wants him to achieve or to succeed in what God wants him to succeed without a woman playing her role. And if a woman decides not to play her role, then the man is destined to fail. And so many times, men with great potential and great vision have failed because something went wrong with the woman. It could be the man's fault, but the woman is important to a man failing or succeeding. Now, that's not to say that a woman can't do everything right and a man still fails simply because of himself, okay? But we're going strictly with the scriptures here so that we understand as a foundation that if you're a woman and you want to be a child of God or you are a child of God and you're getting into a marriage, a marital relationship with a man, you need to understand from the get-go certain things and by the end of this video, you will understand why it is more critical for you as a woman to get marriage right, or get your partner right, than it is even for the man, okay? Number one, you were made for him. He was not made for you. Nevertheless, without you, he cannot rectify. We'll take it from verse 25. Now, talking to husbands, it says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. That means love for a man is not just a feeling, if it is at all, but it's an act. It's an action, okay? It's a sacrificial relationship, okay? Now, I've seen many men sacrifice and give their life and work for years and give up everything to, to, to do, to obey this very word. But at the end of the day, they receive nothing but rebellion. But where does this rebellion come from? This rebellion comes from the Antichrist. Because just the fact that the man is doing this first part in, in verse 25, okay? 
doesn't mean that the woman is going to do her part, okay? But whether or not she does her part, men have been called to live this life. So it really doesn't matter whether a man does his part or a woman does her part. As far as the individual is concerned, you've got to do your part as though you're doing it to God and not to the other person. So if, as a woman, you're doing the right thing all the years, but the man is doing the wrong thing, you are not going to lose your reward because you're doing it unto God, not unto that man. Okay? Verse 26 says, Jesus of Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it in verse 25. And verse 26, it says that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Verse 27, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having a spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. That means that a man has a work to do with his woman, with his wife. She doesn't come ready-made. She has spots and wrinkles. She has issues. And you have to patiently, with the word, by your actions, prepare her and bring her into that place of leadership and bring her into that place of understanding where she's able to function as an angel of God due to the work that you have carried out. That means for you to have a woman, you must be a man first. You must be established in God first. And now you can work with your woman and bring her to the place you would have her be. Okay? It's not always that you're going to find a woman, a girl that is ready-made and ready to go out of the box. You have a lot of work to do to bring her to that place. That means you need to be strong you need to be consistent, you need to be wise, and you need to be loving, okay? All right, now, all right, so I put a PowerPoint presentation here where I, I, I tried to get across a little bit of um, my uh, understanding of this, okay? So I said, there's two things that matter that people in a relationship must have, not just marital relationship, any kind of relationship, whether it's a relationship with um, parents and children, whether it's a relationship at your work. But today I'm concentrating on marital relationship because I see that the Antichrist is moving strongly against this institution, all right? So it says, a relationship is an understanding between two or more people. It can be purposive or accidental. In other words, um, for example, the children you have, you might not have intended to have them, all right? Um, but they're here. And now you have a relationship with them, a father and child, a mother and child, etc., etc. Purposive in that, you know, you saw a girl or you saw a man and you thought, okay, this person is interesting. Uh, maybe let's see if there could be some there. That's purposive. You worked, you chose for that relationship to come to pass. Okay. Uh, it wasn't accidental. You chose it, you know, to be that way. Okay. For the most part, that's how it is. Okay. It says, the second sentence says, says the relationship between a husband and a wife is purposive, but that, but that between parents and children are accidental. Either way, all relationships are harmonious when guided by a spirit 
of understanding and appreciation. Next paragraph. To have understanding, each party must have a clear understanding of what the other expects from the relationship and what that other is capable of delivering, okay? That means in a purposive relationship, you have to know not only what that other person is expecting, but also what they're capable of delivering. Now, it's important to understand that even though we're spiritual beings, there's certain nuances, okay? Often, a woman will need a sense of security. So a guy shouldn't be surprised if a woman actually considers your ability to provide for her in the things that determine whether or not she's going to marry. It, that's just the way it is. Secondly, a woman doesn't necessarily fully love a man before she marries him. That's a fact. There is nowhere in scripture, probably except one place in the New Testament, where you see the scriptures tell a woman to love her husband. And even that is within a sentence of where God is telling women to do a group of things. And one of the things he says is love your husband. But book after book and page after page, everywhere it says, husbands, love your wives. Husbands, love your wives. Husbands, love your wives. There's nowhere where it says, wives, love your husbands. Wives, love your husbands. Wives, love your husbands. Wives. There's nowhere. Go find it and let me know. All you find is, wives, submit to your husbands. Wives, obey your husbands. Wives, honor your husbands. Wives, obey your husbands. Now, ask yourself, could this be a mistake? Or is there something there we're not understanding or we're refusing to grasp? We want to buy into this idea that we are exactly the same. There's no difference between a man and a woman. There is a difference. And once you can understand the difference, you can have understanding of the other person, the other party. So if the woman wants a nice, comfortable house, it's her nature. Okay? All right? And it doesn't mean... Now, let's not go too extreme now. A nice, comfortable house doesn't have to be a mansion. Okay? It just means she wants to have some security. If she wants to know that, you know, you've got a job and you're able to provide... Well, because she's going to have children. And which mother wants the children not to have food to eat and a place to lay their head? Okay? But these things, we need to have them as an understanding. I don't want you to buy into the idea that, oh, she's now born again Christian. You know, she's going to be willing to live in a cave. Maybe. But if she's not, you need to understand why. That's why I said understanding is very important. But also there's something called appreciation, okay? So uh, second chapter, some, some second paragraph, some second verse. Yes. Appreciation is necessary for overcoming those periods in which one party is unable to meet the expectations of the other. The reasons might never be known to the party that is disappointed. Nevertheless, appreciating the value of the person who has done the disappointing goes a long way to bring perspective to whatever sanctions their grief party imposes. What do I mean by this? Sometimes a man could have meant the best, but things become difficult, okay? Health condition, whatever it is, and he cannot provide what you understood at the beginning as a woman that he was going to provide. There is something called honor. And because of your honor, you appreciate the fact that had circumstances remained the same, this man would have been able to provide everything. So for you, nothing has changed. 
because you have appreciation, appreciation of the person. Now, it's the same for the man, okay? What if something happens and now this woman has a health condition and she can no longer do the things she was supposed to do? But you appreciate that this, this woman, before this happened, this was the way she was going. And you appreciate the situation. I know I've given extreme examples, but you fill in the blanks for yourself and know that at the end of the day, both understanding and appreciation are necessary before and during any marriage. Come to the third paragraph. Understanding and appreciation are virtues that are more potent and virile when received from a spiritual or metaphysical influence rather than just willpower and determination. Well, what do I mean by this? What I'm trying to talk about here is prayer. In other words, you can have understanding, you can have appreciation just by being a human being. But when that understanding and appreciation comes to you from above, by the grace of God, you're able to see people and their circumstances and their hardships in a light and in a way that you wouldn't have ordinarily been able to if you didn't have spiritual insight into what they're going through, okay? This is, this, is, this, is, this is like so deep, it should be like a whole different topic. But, you know, suffice it to say that you need the grace of God to be able to have good understanding of your partner, good understanding of, your, of the person you're in a relationship with and, and, and great appreciation of that person when, you know, things don't seem to pan out the way you want them to go. Okay. Now, marital relationship, that marriage between Christians, if it occurred after they became Christians, is indissoluble. In other words, there is nothing like divorce. Okay. There are conditions in which it can be done. Number one, if a female the, the woman in the relationship is unfaithful or sexually engaged with another man. Okay? That scripture there, mentioned by Jesus two or three times, okay, applies to the woman. And this is very important. Okay? This is very important. All right? Because during the time of Jesus, remember, men could marry two wives, three wives, four wives. Okay? So if Jesus was saying, well, you can divorce your husband, because he had another woman, then guess what? Everybody there would, every woman there would have been divorced. So here it's talking about a woman. So women have to be very careful because the guy you marry, you're stuck with him till you die. If both of you were Christians before you got married, okay? Now, there is a situation in which, even though both of you were Christians before you got married, there is a situation in which God will allow that marriage to be dissolved by the elders, not by you, not by the man, by the elders. Let's take a look at that. Let's read this. Um, it says, marital relationships are entered into after both, marital relations that are entered into after both individuals are in Christ are indissoluble. That means they cannot be dissolved. Those entered in before one or both are in Christ can be dissolved after much attempt has been made to reconcile. While those in Christ have an indissoluble marriage, the female has at stake, has more at stake because it is she alone 
that is disallowed from remarrying. Now, I gave a couple of scriptures here, okay? Romans chapter 7, verse 1 to 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 27 to 29. And 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 39 to 40. Look, I could have given a whole lot more, okay? But I've just sent these, okay? Now, opposition. Opposition to what you have read, assuming you've read those scriptures, what you have read and heard is part of what the scriptures refer to as antichrist. In other words, if you read the scriptures of what God just said, that a woman is bound to her husband for as long as she is alive, and only when he dies is she free to remarry. Talking about Christian, people who were Christians before they be became married, born again before they became married. Okay? This is not referring to every woman in the world or every man in the world. This is referring strictly to those who were born again before they became married. Okay, I'm saying here that opposition to that word is antichrist. That's antichrist working in you. Okay, you don't have to go look very far. If you disagree with what you just read in the word, you're like that lady we just saw in the video who was saying, why do we have to just go by this GPS? Why can't we just go another way? And that, oh, it's, that's so dogmatic. Well, that's the issue. Okay. So continuing, second, second sentence in this verse, it says, there are women and men who claim to be Christians, but oppose the very word which we have seen. They attack the preachers of this word and refer to them as misogynistic, thereby heaping upon themselves damnation. Next paragraph. There are circumstances in which a believing woman married to a believing man will have to escape from him to save her life if it is in danger. In such cases, Christ is clear on what she must do. She, as any other believer, must go to her husband by herself, with her family, and finally with the elders of the church and try to bring him back to his senses. Jesus says, if he doesn't listen to the elders of the church, he should be considered anathema. That means an outsider, an unbeliever. And you can find evidence of this in Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 to 18. Now, in that chapter, I must clarify, in that verse of Matthew chapter 18, verse 15 to 18, he's speaking about generally believers and generally circumstances in which a brother has wronged another brother or another sister and will not listen to the wrong. So, for example, like I said, your life is in danger. Okay, this is extreme. Okay, you can't say, oh, he doesn't, you know, buy me flowers. He doesn't really show me much love. But that, that's not what we're talking about here. Okay, we're talking about something where the elders look at it and say, you know what? Your life is in danger. And, you know, we're not going to have you just go and live on your own, you know, like that for the rest of your life, you know based on the authority God has given us as the elders of the church, we recognize this situation and we take full responsibility for this and we, let, we, we set you free. And funny thing is Jesus ended that scripture by saying whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Okay? So just bear with me here, okay? I'm not trying to be hard or harsh or whatever. I'm just trying to get across to you what the word of God says and what the scriptures have said verse by verse 
okay? And I, like I said, I look forward to your emails. I look forward, you know, I look forward to um, anything that you have to say that, you know, might oppose my perspective or support it. That's fine. Let's look at um, the book of Colossians, okay? Colossians chapter 3, verse 17 to 19. It says, and whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands, as it is fit in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Why is this important? Sometimes men, oh, a wife can, especially with her tongue, can say things that really, really hit you deep on the inside. Under no circum, in fact, striking your wife is evidence of weakness. And we as men know the last thing we want to be seen as is weak. Okay? You've got to be able to understand that it comes with the territory. Okay? When she loses her tongue on you, you just have to let it enter here and come out here. Under no circumstances will you ever get God to agree with you using your fingers or your hands to touch your wife or your woman. It's just out of the, it's just that, that just not, in fact, it's not even, it's not something that's not even been conceived of in the kingdom of God. Okay? Let's look at uh, another scripture. Okay, what is it in this we want to see? Okay. All right. That's fine. Let, let, let's, um, I gave you the scriptures. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 7, um, I think verse um, 39 to 40, and verse 1 to 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1 to 11, and 39 to 40. That's what we're looking for. But um, friends, this word that I just gave is brief, but it's something I'm hoping that you can take and you can use, go over it, go over the scriptures that I just shared with you, okay? And understand fully what this entails, that we have not been called to war, we've not been called to strife, we've been called to peace. There must be a harmony, there must be an understanding, but you cannot have two captains in a ship. So you're going to have to, as a husband and wife, understand that the man is accountable to God and he's the leader. And you have to be careful how you treat him, how you re relate with him. And the men already have spoken. And you've heard me, you've, I've heard, you've heard me say that, you know, guess what? In 1 Peter chapter 3, 1 Peter chapter 3, he says, don't let your wives be saddened. Don't let them be pained because it will affect your prayers. Think about that. Making your wife sad can affect your prayers, can affect your business, can affect, and she doesn't even know she's doing that, okay? So there's so much going on in the lives of people that people don't even know. They don't even know where the problem is coming from, okay? I could go on and on about these things, but I've given you enough scripture. Go look at 1 Peter chapter 3. I'm sorry, I can't remember what verse, but you will see it there where Peter says, husbands, do not grieve your wives so your prayers to God are not hindered. You're going through a tough time, but your wife is at home in pain and you don't seem to realize that that's the reason why. It's in the scriptures. All right, friends, look, thank you so much for your time. I wish I could go more and more into this. But like I said, look, you can find us on Facebook at Emerging Temple. 
You can go to our website, www.templeoftruth.us, and you can send me a message. You can put a message through Facebook, and we can engage each other in this. And there's so much more I would love to share about this, but I think I've set you on the right path. And I want to encourage you all to subscribe to our channel, to share these videos. Uh, many of you have been doing that. I'm, I want to thank you very much for those of you who have been doing it out there. I've seen, you know, I've heard from people that I don't know and, you know, somebody put them onto um, our, our videos. You know, these videos are growing. It's affecting people. It's changing. It's changing people's lives. And I'm so grateful to God that, you know, we're being used in this way. And that's thanks a lot to people like you who are out there sharing these videos and letting people know, you know, that the word of God has come to deliver us from a lot of things. So thank you so much for your time. I look forward to speaking with you tomorrow. Remember, Monday through Friday, we always upload new videos. Okay, and very soon we're going to be going live. So look, subscribe, tell your friends about us, share these videos. And, you know, as time goes on, we'll be able to come maybe to your own city and hold, you know, some live events where you can invite your friends. Thank you so much and God bless you.